Da-na-na, da-na-na. The Grunge Bible Podcast is back. <laughs> Episode 148. That was a... Um, you know, an allude to Sports Center back in the day. Oh, Remember yeah. They used to start all the segments with stuff like that. Da, na, 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 na. And they'd have like Top the really, 10 would come in. Like the really like, like, uh, like peppy, like not elevatory music, but, you know, similar to that. Um, yeah. Man, the, the anchors then, they had back then were unbelievable. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that was per- TV personalities. And then they would hit you with the like, today on the Grunge Bible podcast, we would be talking about Jar of Flies, 30th anniversary why Chris is hungover, and what songs will you be listening to this week? And of course, This Day in Music, coming up yeah. on this episode. Don't touch that Don't dial. Button. Sports Center, coming up next. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Before and a now we're here, commercial free on the Grunge commercial Bible free, podcast. Commercial free, yeah. Exactly. You only have a few commercials uh, built yeah. in. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Chris, uh, kind of alluded to it again, but how are yeah. you doing, man? Dude, I, uh, I'm grateful. It, it took a lot... For me to get here for episode 148 of the Grunge Bible podcast, um, I am nursing. You traveled a long distance. Yeah, I am nursing potentially one of the worst hangovers that I've ever had um, at this present time. My condition has improved greatly this this morning into this afternoon. We're recording this like I mean the ep- the episode comes out in like 16 hours, like you know, Sunday afternoon. This is a live look. Yeah, how we're this, feeling this for is a live look. so i feel so much better than i did this morning um we were supposed to record this like two hours ago and i'm grateful that we didn't because I, I don't think i would have been able to um i mean yeah, this is so, kenny rogers i just dropped in to see what condition your condition <laughs> yeah <was in>. exactly <laughs> yeah, this is the check-in here um i'm doing i'm doing okay uh this too shall pass um you know i i, I really you know this podcast a little bit is uh is being a punisher of the moment in some ways <laughs> but uh Sometimes you have to do the things that you have to do. And after this, I'm home free. I think I'm going to get some, get some grease food after this and just veg out and watch some professional football playoff action. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, how are you today, Ethan? Uh, I think you're in a lot better of a condition than my condition is in now that I'm dropping in on your condition. Absolutely. We uh, decided, we made the decision to push the podcast um, recording from Saturday to Sunday. And we, our goal was we wanted to be productive on Sunday. So this is a good thing to just knock out. And I don't think we regret it because, you know, yesterday I had a really good day yesterday. Yeah. Got out there, walked in the cold. Oh yeah, I did some, that too. Got to work. Yep. Got to work out in. And, uh, you know, it's just a really nice Saturday. Uh, I'm doing really well. Um, yeah. January has been really good to me. So I'm thankful. Do you have a, uh, a list, a mental list of your top 10 hangovers? Would you say? Like you, know, you say, this is in your top ten. Like, um, do you have other? It's it's hard to really remember unless it was a significant type of moment. Like, I remember a lot of the hangovers where I had to uh, drive the next day. Yes, that was yeah, really easier. Those are the easiest ones to remember because yeah, I've got a few I'm sure that I remember random. for sure. Um, this this one was pretty bad. Um, you were the, you were there uh, my 18th birthday uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, with with the, uh, the the bottle incident, um, that uh, that was a pretty bad one. And then there was one time where I had to drive from Cleveland, Ohio, to Ames, Iowa, which is like a twelve or thirteen hour drive. <laughs> um, and I was in so much peril. And I don't, I to this day, I don't know. I I would not be able to do it today if if I had to. So that's probably those are three that come to mind. But you know, the worst one is always the next one. It's true. 
Yeah. The current one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as you're done with it, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, even two right days now, will, I'm like, oh, it wasn't that will, bad. Two days will pass and you'll be like, all right, I'm good. Oh, yeah. I mean, but my body is two days you're going to move like cement. Yeah. Yeah. I had one of those a couple of weeks ago for Curtis's wedding and it was like, mm-hmm. it was like one of the worst headaches I think I've ever had. Yeah. I think Just the thing with me spl- though. Splitting headache. Yeah. And, and you could probably offer some more insight into this than me. Um, but I don't even feel that like my, I don't, I don't think it's that I, I drink like very aggressively. I just think now the older I get, like the, the worse they are. Um, although um, another one that 100%. comes to mind undoubtedly is the, uh, the, the Charleston wedding. That was, that was a, <laughs> that was a hangover. <laughs> that was a different type of hangover. I was so yeah. delirious. I was delirious. Like yeah. there's hangovers where you're like, you know, physically hurting. Yeah. Right. Headaches. Headaches mm-hmm. are the worst. Like that that one I was like in limbo. I felt like I wasn't completely established within the space time continuum. Like it was an exhaustion hangover. Like I was like <clears throat> there was a few times where I woke up in the morning and I was like, I don't I I was trying to drive through Charleston and I was like, I had to park my car and, and call you and walk around and be like, I can't <laughs> physically operate a vehicle in this headspace. I'm not paying I'm I'm not like I'm not going to be paying attention if I do. And I had to, yeah. I had to sit it out, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you, Ethan, to this day, um, having to leave you to go get my flight <laughs> is probably <laughs> one of the things that I feel the worst about <laughs> that I've ever done in my life. It was like one of those scenes. It's like, um, what's it, Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever, where he's like leaving the party. He's like, yeah, that was, that was you in the morning. You were just like leaving, like, yeah, I'll see you later. We, we man. woke like, up just absolutely hurting, and you. I remember you said to me, "You're like, it really doesn't feel right that you have to leave already. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> there was so much to unpack. Yeah. Oh my god, that was and that I, was I, the I woke, day that in a half hour I'll be fine. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, all I wanted to do was talk to somebody I had no one to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> no one would understand except for you. I mean, oh, we did, yeah. we did talk, obviously. Yeah, as we do, and we're uh, continuing to talk. So it sounds like you're doing okay today. Yeah, um, I'm doing great. That's great. Big game yeah, tonight. We've, yeah, big game. The Chiefs play the Bills tonight, um, which is exciting for you as a Chiefs fan. Um, and this episode is hopefully exciting for the music fans out there uh, because we are going to be celebrating and commemorating the 30th anniversary of Jar of Flies, the 1994 Allison Chains EP, which came out on January 25th, 1994. Um, so this is the birth week, the anniversary week, etc. Um, so we are going to spend some time to chat about that. Um, we did do a proper Jar of Flies episode, um, I believe back in January of 2022, episode 24, mm-hmm. or 44, excuse me, um, that was more of our traditional kind of song by song and background on the album, background on the, the, the EP, excuse me, the EP's recording and whatnot. Um, so this will kind of be a little bit of a different spin, but if you want some Jar of Flies here on the 30th week, 30th birth week, um, go back and check that episode out. That was also the same time in my life where I had just got hacked on Instagram. Yep. So we had a nice little rant in the beginning talking about how you need to be uh, double authenticated in your life. Two-factor so you authentication, baby. Yeah, so um, 
definitely not as clean as our podcasts are today, but still worth a listen. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we before we get into Alice in Chains' Jar of Flies, and before we get into this day in music history, uh, I would like to take this time and thank the people that support this show and that make it possible. Uh, we are coming up on the third anniversary of our beginning of this podcast. We've almost got 156 episodes under our belt three years in a row every single week. Uh, and we are able to do that because of the support, uh, the financial contributions of people, most notably on Patreon, um, especially our top tier supporters who give us $10 a month to uh, basically allow us to pay to do this podcast. So it's not coming out of our pockets and we're very grateful for that. Um, so the top tier are Alex Long, Alexis Shannon, Black Hole Sean, The Blue Owl, Kara Kay, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, down in the hole, flat out fucked. Doug Endy, D Boat, Epona, Eric R. Berry, Faith Bittner, Fuck Soup, Gochu John, Granny Grunge, Jade Mercado, Jamie Lynn, Carleen Salona, Nikki Six, Millie, Laura Nyreen, Chris LSMS, Keith White, Pile of Punk, Rachel Corning, Seattle Four Fanboy from New Jersey, Sherry Matthews, Mike McCready's Mustache, What the Fuck is Up Denny's, and King Buzzo Stole My Hair. Thank you very, very much. And that puts a lid on another notebook for me for the Grunge Bible podcast. I've, I'm on my third notebook for the for the show, so i got to rewrite the list. That's all right. You can work on your penmanship. Exactly. I've been working on my penmanship a lot lately, You know, trying to you know yeah. get it recalibrated again. It's good. It's a dying art. Exactly. Like, fuck around and start <laughs> writing in cursive again. So before we dive into the EP, Jar of Flies... Um, we're going to revisit This Day in Music. We took a two-week break because we had some awesome guests on. I encourage you to go back and listen to our last two episodes with Patrick Warburton and then one with Scott Crane and Patrick. Uh, extremely, extremely insightful to Seattle sound in the 80s and the 90s and what became grunge, so check that out. Um, starting, we have a few birthdays we're going to go through. It wasn't a, it wasn't a crazy day in music history, you know. Uh, no, no, nothing, so, nothing too crazy on January so some, 22nd. Some random ones. Um, first, we'll start with, I'm going to skip the first birthday, actually. Um, I'm going to 1960. Michael Hutchins from NXS was born. And uh, our friend Chris Kafaro loves Michael and has, does a lot of great photos, has a lot of photos from him over the years and um, people love him. Tom, my coach, he's a huge NXS fan and, and tried to get me to listen a few times. Um, and I did. It's very, it is good. It's like kind of 80s and hair, yeah, not Yeah, I've, I've never metal, really listened. Um, and he, he passed away in 1997. He was mm -hmm. only 37 years old. Yeah, he, um, he left us early. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, I, I always hear people speak very highly of, of NXS and, and, and Michael. So, um, yeah. Might have to check that out, get around yeah, to it. Definitely worth definitely worth a listen. I mean, uh, I don't know if it's gonna be your favorite. It's kinda like uh but it is it is really good for uh time and place, I think. When, oh, yeah. when people were listening to it. Totally. Now you're gonna compare it to a lot of other stuff. So Right. Moving forward on this day in nineteen sixty five, Stephen Adler, uh of Guns N' Roses fame, I believe he was the drummer, uh he was born. So happy birthday to Steven Adler, our favorite band. <laughs> exactly. Our favorite band, Guns N' Roses, happy birthday. That's all we're going to say about that. 1965, also DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, I don't know much about him. I thought... Yeah, I don't I know thought, who this is. 
Yeah, I kind of <laughs> thought that. I think I mistaken him for another DJ. Um, so either way, happy birthday, D- DJ Jazzy Jeff. Uh, we're going to keep it short with that one. <laughs> Absolutely. And also born on this day, uh, this time in 1990, uh, Logic, the rapper, I believe. Yeah. Are you are you a Logic fan by chance? No, not really. Um, I, I just like I have awareness of who Logic is and I think maybe a couple of the more popular songs. Um, yeah, he had that one, um, the suicide, the hotline. suicide, the hotline one. Yeah, I, the one eight hundred two seven three. Yeah, uh, eight two five five. Yeah, that's that's the one that I that I that I know him from, but I, I don't really know yeah. any of his other work. Yeah, that song was really that came out in 20, 2017. Yeah. I remember when it came out, and and Logic had a nice little bump um, during that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty big. So turning thirty four today, felt worth worth putting on there. Yeah. Let's get okay. into some events now. Um, Ethan, should, we should start uh, furthest and go in chronological order forward, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll get us started. So on this day in 1959, uh, Buddy Holly made his final recordings, uh, including Peggy Sue Got Married, Crying, Waiting, Hoping, That's What They Say, What to Do, Learning the Game, and That Makes It Tough. Um, he obviously passed away in the tragic Day the Music Died plane accident um, just outside of Clear Lake, Iowa, um, where I have been, uh, there is a um, a, uh, a venue there uh, called the Surf Ballroom, which is where Buddy Holly and company played their final show before getting on the plane that fateful evening. Um, and they have a you know commemorative uh, area to them, uh, and it's actually cool. Like in the lobby, they have um, they have like the original phone booth because you know a lot of places obviously had phone booths back in the day um, and they preserved it as it was that day because that's the last he that he made his last phone call there I think to his wife or something um, so it's like it's behind glass and it's like this old phone booth and it's got like a note that like he had written like backstage or something on there too um, so really kind of eerie but um, definitely yeah. a, a notable a notable figure in the music world and yeah you know, really once cool. again somebody that was gone too soon yeah that's really really cool very inspirational for a lot of people always think about the weezer weezer song of course um 1967 the monkeys performed live for the first time at the cow palace in san francisco to a sellout crowd sellout crowd first show pretty awesome that's electric Uh, the monkeys were one of the biggest bands in the 60s if i know the lore correctly um, oh yeah, you know, and they're I mean, pretty I guess like pretty you know pop pop rock I'd say, and uh, I don't have you know I just hear you hear them reference a ton. All another the time. band, another band that um, is just legendary, but I don't have much to say about them. Not a lot of history in my mind about them, but um, a lot of people love them. A lot of people do love them. And, and I'll tell you, there's, you know, San Francisco music scene in the late 60s is, is probably one of the more vibrant uh, and interesting music scenes that have ever existed, I would say. Uh, so obviously the Monkees uh, getting their start there in 1967. Moving forward to 1983, uh, a 24-hour music 
video network called MTV, which you may have heard of, uh, began broadcasting to the West Coast of the United States uh, on this day in 83, um, after being picked up by Group W Cable Los Angeles. Uh, MTV had originally begun August 1st, 1981, um, but it was not until 1983 that they made the move to the West Coast and, uh, you know, nationwide accessibility. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Uh, MTV is now, you know, I don't want to say obsolete, but uh, it kind of lost a lot of its power. About linear linear ago. television that isn't event based is just people just, you know, I don't watch it. Like I only watch live events. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's hard to uh, jump in night to night and, and really be anticipating stuff like that anymore, sadly. Yeah. Um, but man, it really changed the face of music, obviously, in the way that um, it got brought bands out. So, Worth and grunge noting. especially. Yep. But a always. big part. All right, last one, 2012. Adele broke an American chart record that has stood for years after being set by the Beatles and Pink Floyd. Singer's second album, 21, clocked up 16 weeks at number one on the U.S. chart, matching the success of the Titanic original soundtrack. 21 release um, in January and beating the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, and Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, which had a streak of 15 weeks at number one. Pretty cool. I, I thought that was important because um, you had the Beatles and Pink Floyd that were holding at the top of the charts and then Adele broke it. So I think that's a pretty big shift. Yeah, It shows absolutely. a big shift in um, popular music Yeah, and uh, staying power of said music and what, you know, because the Beatles and Pink Floyd are just legendary uh, legendary yeah. bands, everybody knows them, and I think Adele definitely had a stranglehold on the music in the early 2010s. Unbelievably talented. Yeah, I mean, really, really special. And that's like 16 weeks. That is such a long time. Yeah, that's like, like think think of like that months. is a that is a statistic, <laughs> very statistically significant chunk of a year, and like yeah. you're you're the biggest game in town for that long. Like you're one thing. Um, that's like, that's really interesting. And then I think it was the, there was maybe a month or two ago, we had a Beyonce one where I think like every song on her album Lemonade charted at the same time. Like that's, that's like, uh, it, 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 I struggle to comprehend like how massive one person can be, uh, you know, and, and, and one, one body of creative work can be that like everything is that popular at the same time. Yeah. It's impressive. It's very impressive. So that was this day in music across the years. Across the years. <laughs> and now it's time for the Jar, Jar of Flies, Flies zone. Jar of Flies. So like you said, we do have an episode where we talk about this a good bit. Jar of Flies, seven songs, half an hour long, just over 30 minutes. And every one of these songs is special. Yeah. I think... I know I can say that with confidence. I'm sure you can as well. Absolutely. This, song, this, this EP has... Um, a lot of really great, you know, instrumental work, acoustic vocals. Um, I know when they were in the studio, they did not want to sound electric at all. They wanted to be very analog. They wanted the acoustic guitar to sound as, as true to an acoustic guitar as you can make it. And they wanted to, you know, it happened quick. Um, I think it was like they record, they had a 10 day, um, they had a 10 day reservation for the uh, studio and they had long days and they kind of banged this out and it was too good not to release. So they decided that they were going to release it. And it's a good thing they did because it did really well. 
Um, I believe it was a quadruple platinum in 2022. Um, that means, was that four, is that 4 million? I think, like, yeah, platinum, platinum's, platinum's a, million. a million. So yeah. 4 million, yep. which is unreal. And I think, um, I think it's out of the gates. It was like one of the best weeks. It was like 140,000 in the first week or something, 144,000. Yeah. I think I read. It's a large, yeah. 141,000 copies in the first week. Yeah. So altogether, this, this album is, you know, something that they, I don't want to say they didn't foresee coming, you know, it was kind of like they wanted to get back, recalibrate, and uh, they kind of walked out of there with a masterpiece that yeah. we all kind of go back to very often for Absolutely. various, various different reasons. Yeah. And, and I think it was, it was such a incredible step forward from their work on SAP, you know, obviously with SAP being kind of the first iteration of a lot of acoustic driven stuff, um, you know, and, and, and with Jar of Flies, I mean, just, I think the instrumentation relative to SAP is just taken up, you know, several more notches. And to me, like, you know, yesterday you and I both did the same thing. Like we went out, we walked around, like, you know, we went for a nice walk in the wintertime and we listened to Jar of Flies. And, you know, it had been a little while since I had done a front to back listen to this EP. Um, and, you know, you're instantly reminded of what makes it great. And for me, um, Jar of Flies is really the Sean Kinney and Mike Inez show. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, the bass guitar and the drumming, um, you know, given the fact that it's acoustic, right. And given the fact that there's a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a softer sound than what you would obviously find on a dirt. There's just gotta be so much more nuance, I think. Um, and, 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 and delicacy to the way I think particularly the, you know, the bottom of the band plays, you know, the drummer and the bassist, um, and like, the attention to detail, the precision that those guys played with, um, layered so perfectly on top of one another and just gave, um, you know, so much structure, I think, to these songs, but also so much open space for, for Jerry and Lane to do what they did. Um, and I love what you mentioned at the beginning where, you know, kind of wanting a more analog sound, like, you know, I just think like on nutshell at the beginning, like you can hear like one of the strings ring out you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, that's, that's an imperfection, but to me, like, that's what makes this album so special is because it's all laid out there. Um, and, and there are those imperfections there. Um, you know, I think that's what kind of makes it holistic and that's what makes it beautiful. And, and, you know, walking around yesterday, listening to it, um, having not done a front to back listen in a long time and running grunge Bible and posting oftentimes really stupid memes about a lot of these songs you kind of forget about the the weight of these songs and the gravity of these songs and, and how they affect you. Um, and that's my own fault. Um, but yeah, this, this one, you know, if you're away from it for a little bit and you kind of let it sink back in, it's, it still hits you hard, you know, even 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe Jerry um, was, he had said that, you know, there was no extra noise on this album and they wanted to have all that extra space where you could hear the instruments and and that's what it is it's really well composed everything has its place and it's it's not too noisy it's not mm -hmm. crowded what they're used to doing and they kind of they didn't want to turn up their turn up their amps as they said and uh this was also mike inez's first kind of go with the band they had just got him yeah. just part After of mike star, star and, yeah and so this was uh, they wanted to see what he had to offer and i think he really obviously showed up in a big way and um yeah and like i said it, it really every song is is well put together and, and well thought out yeah and it's awesome and and what a what a kind of you know 
um, expectation defier um, this this EP was. I mean, like think of a song like I Stay Away, like they brought in like violin players and like they have like the orchestral element to it. You know, and this is from the same band that it, it hadn't been really that long since they released like Godsmack and and, yeah. and Rooster. Um, and, you know, the fact like, you know, the old meme, like, you know, get yourself somebody who can do both. Like Alice yeah. in Chains, not only can they do both, but they can do it all. Um, and even even throughout the throughout this particular EP, like you, you, you get so many different styles. I mean, um I love the fact that No Excuses is like kind of in the middle of the EP, right? Because like they hit you hard with Rotten Apple and Nutshell and then I Stay Away kind of bring things up a little bit. Um, and then like No Excuses is just this kind of like poppy kind of thing. And then they hit you with Whale and Wasp, right? Oh, it's yeah. like, like, you're, you're, like you drop the needle on this thing, like you don't know where they're going to go next, right? The fact that they've got Whale and Wasp and then Don't Follow, which would make perfect sense to be the final track on the EP. And then they hit you with Swing on this. I right. mean, it's it's unbelievable. It is. It is unbelievable. It's such a, it, yeah, it's a great flow and they offer you a ton of stuff. And then, yeah, the jazziness is Swing on this is beautiful. The track um, sequencing to this is just perfect. And I'm always fascinated by that. And that's something that I'm really interested about. And I would love to have conversations or listen to conversations where, you know, bands kind of talk through, you know, why they, why they ordered, you know, EPs and albums in the way that they did, because this, this one just kind of makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Whale and Wasp. So we were talking about this right before the show. So as we talked about, you're, you're kind of, um, nursing a hangover <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um and i wanted to, you know is this one of the best songs for best albums eps for hangover because if you think about them coming off of all of the loud music and loud everything i mean they were kind of a nursing hangover of loud heavy music and and wanted to create well they had a lot like of this. shit going on too i they mean did. obviously I mean, star I'm, leaving the band and the addiction that was running rampant i think through lane's life at the time and you know, Jerry also, you know, going through some stuff and I'm sure even just in their own lives. I mean, this was like, it was a very delicate moment, I think, for the band. Yeah. And the bands um, had stated that Jar of Flies is about living with the consequences, full of deeply felt reflections on loneliness, self-imposed isolation and human connections. Sounds like a hangover. That sounds that sounds like a hangover. Yeah. Living with the consequences. Living with the consequences. Exactly. It's pay to play, you know, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. time in time out and uh you had asked me like I, I don't know if i'm the whale or the wasp and i responded and said after you listen i think you yeah. know so so artfully so Chris, as, as as only you do ethan you you <laughs> so quickly replied and so beautifully you will know once you listen so chris after you've listened um and i i hope you did i hope you put it on as you were taking your power nap right before this i um, did are are you the whale or the wasp and how did that song because i listened to it as well and was like I was blown away again. Yeah. I, lo I love this song. So, so I, at the beginning of today, I was undoubtedly the whale. Um, <laughs> yeah. But in the last hour or so since we've prepared to do this show, I think I've transitioned to being the wasp. Um, it's kind of a, a rebirth of sorts um, for me. Um, but this morning, when I listened to it at first, I was like, definitely the whale. Yeah. So if you're out there wondering what we mean when we're talking about this, you need to listen to the track and decide for yourself. If you're the whale or the wasp, and it, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes, sometimes you're the whale. Sometimes you're the wasp. But, um, great, great song. I I, re I really do love that guitar slide and like. 
Oh yeah. That's so and, and like eerie. so much, so much emotion is being uh, elicited without lyrics. Right. Yes. Um, exactly. And that's always really, really impressive to be able to do. Um, and especially like, you think about it, like on an EP, like, I mean, there's really not that much breathing room, you know, in terms of just physical space that you have on this thing. And the fact that they would take, you know, they would take a track and, and make it purely instrumental, I think is really, uh, Kind, kind of ballsy a little bit um, and just really special. And it just kind of goes to show you like the band was comfortable enough with who they were and confident enough in their direction and their inspiration for this project that they were able and they didn't have any misgivings about putting something like this out. I think that's really honorable and really cool. Um, but, you know, for me, this album is what it is, I think, because of Lane um, and, and particularly, I think, because of the lyrics and the, and the songwriting and um you know, it's got to be Nutshell, right? I mean, the one that we think of all the time. And uh, Mike Inez had, had, you know, had spoken about Nutshell um, when a, a reporter had asked him, you know, what song made Mike think of Lane Staley the most. And he went on and said, I think the number one for me is Nutshell. Lane was very honest with his songwriting. And in Nutshell, he really puts everything in a nutshell for everybody. That song still gets me choked up whenever I play it. I get a little teary-eyed, and sometimes when we're doing the arena runs especially, they'll have some video footage of Lane. I look mm -hmm. and see me and Jerry and Sean looking the wrong way. We're not looking at the audience. We're looking back at Lane, and it's pretty cool that there's still that song for us. It's just a sad thing. And that's mm -hmm. something I forget about a lot of times too with this music and, and, and I think the band and you go and see the band live. Like, I mean, this like Lane was a, a real person, you know, he was a friend of theirs. Mike Starr was a, a friend of theirs and, 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 and a coworker and a brother. Um, and, you know, more so than the people that wrote and played on your favorite songs, they were people in your lives and people who had birthdays and had good days and bad days and, you know, um, told funny jokes and cried and, you know, loved and you know, i kind of forget you know sometimes you can forget about the human element about it but then when you hear about you know you listen to mike or jerry talk about these guys and uh, it kind of puts things into perspective especially through a song like nutshell yeah this time of year um, especially january february december i mean nutshell gets a lot of posts right we post about it a lot and it can be a meme format and people talk about you know how you cry when you listen to it um and so it's you know, a little bit of a joke, but then you look back and you see this quote and you hear the band talk about it and they're like, no, this one really is that song for, for us and for yeah. how we think about Lane and how it gets, I can only imagine seeing a show and having footage of Lane across the top. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. the Vince McMahon, like cut it. Like, yeah, like, exactly. I, I cry and like, yeah. I mean, that's exactly that is so deep. And I mean, that song will always be that for them. Mm -hmm. And um, I've talked to some other artists and there's always there's always a song that they wrote for somebody that passed and and it's gonna hold that meaning for a long time. And obviously mm -hmm. they wrote it all together, so it's a little different, but um, yeah, I mean, it Nutshell is, is that song. Yeah. I mean, it is, it always will be. Yeah. It, has, and I it think holds the belt. It, it totally does. And I think Nutshell in the EP as a whole, um, and even like the jokes that surround it of like, you know, putting on Alice in Chains' Jar of Flies and, and, and having a good old cry, like in a weird way, I, I think it's kind of a positive thing because at least it's getting people talking about and acknowledging the fact that like, you know, you can have emotions. And I think especially for like men, you know, um, to be able to acknowledge, you know, that there's 
emotions and it's okay to be sad and feel sadness and show sadness and, you know, live with those feelings for a little bit. And, and, you know, fucking it's okay to cry. Like, um, you know, if these guys are doing it, you know, with this song and, and I think it's, it's an important lesson, I think in there somewhere that you can take away from it. Um, but yeah, yeah this one, you know, 30 years later, I, I can't, that's such a, I mean, that's half of these guys' lives at this point, you know, they wrote this half a yeah. lifetime ago. Um, and, and that's really interesting. Um, it's kind of wild. Like I had this conversation with my mom the other day, like relative, relative to like how time passes, like mom, like, does it, it feel like you've been a parent for half of your life? And she's like, I, I've never, I've never really even thought of it that way, but right. like it's, you know, my brother's about to turn 30. My mom's just past 60. So it's almost half of her life that she's been a parent. Like it's half a lifetime ago that these guys, you know, put this thing together. And that's mm -hmm. a significant amount of time. And um, we don't know quite yet because it's still, you know, it's not the 25th, but uh, Allison Chains on their socials, they teased uh, presumably some sort of commemorative uh, reissue of Jar of Flies that will be released on the 30th anniversary on January 25th. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I might have to pick that up. Yeah, I think so too. I was listening to it. I found out my, I knew it, I knew my record player had this, but has a Bluetooth option. So I was listening through my record player, but it oh, wasn't sure, spinning, yeah. uh, but it was really nice. And I thought the same thing. I was like, this is one I need to get. Yeah. And uh, I know we mentioned it last time, but there was for a limited time, a double EP where they had sap and jar of flies on the same vinyl. And, um, now that's special. That would be, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like coveted. It's very coveted. So maybe yeah. I'll have to check eBay and, and pick up, that's gonna be like a thousand dollars. It's not cheap. A lot of the original pressings of Jar of Flies, I think, because there were not very many of them are, are very expensive. Um, and, and it's something that a lot of people, uh, covet. And certainly as the years go on, they covet it more. So, um, yeah, Ethan, do we have any more, uh, any additional thoughts about, about Jar of Flies? Yeah, I have one more, and then, well, I have, I have two more thoughts, one more specifically to uh, the music, and I just want to bring up Don't Follow again, because yeah. it is a masterpiece, right? And the second half of it, uh, this harmonica comes in that is just unbelievable. David Atkinson plays the harmonica for it, and um, I'm glad we mentioned David's yeah. name. Yeah, and, um, and, and the guy, a couple other guys do the backing vocals, and um, it has this like two-sided story because it comes in just laying very, you know, it could be very, it's very broken down and then it picks up and it's just so, such a jam. And like I said, the harmonica just is beautiful and then Lane's vocals come in. Mm -hmm. That track is so good and yeah. definitely worth a listen. Like don't follow Whale and, Whale and, the, Whale and Wasp and then, you know, pick one other one if you got to listen to three songs from them. Yeah, that's but a really good point so good. about don't follow because, you know, that last part of the song is a real treat because it, it really is. could feel like the song could be over. Yes. Um, and then, and then they hit that, you know, the, the guitar kind of kicks in. Um, I don't know what type of chord, but it, you know, it sounds massively different from anything that they had been playing before. And then the harmonica comes in and I mean, the Lane's vocal run at the end is just unbelievable too. Yeah, uh, He's so, got so much soul so in it too. You know, the take me home part, uh, you know, and it's just such great songwriting. The melody is unbelievable. Like forgot my woman, lost my friends, so on and so forth. It's like, that'll get stuck in your head. Sleep and sweat. The mirror's cold. See my face. It's growing old. Scared to death, no reason why. Do whatever to get me by. Oh man! God damn, that's a good song. It is, dude. It's so. It is really, really yeah. good. That one's special. Fuck, this yeah. whole thing is special. It is, totally, 
yeah. worth worth a 30 minute listen no matter what oh yeah um yeah and then so that's that is pretty much it the last thing that i did want to say because you're talking about how you know it can be good to cry sometimes and i always think about jim valvano and his speech and he said uh quote to me there are three things everyone should do every day number one is laugh number two is think spend more time in your thought and number three you should have your emotions move you to tears if you laugh think and cry that's a heck of a day yeah. And I live by that. Oh man, it's so good. Laughing. I've, I've just heard like changing the expression on your face does a lot for a, a human being and their psyche. Like being like smiling, you know, crying, you know, tears. I mean, that type of like muscle movement in your face is really good yeah. for your brain. And yeah, those are three. It's a, it's a great piece of advice. I'm so happy that you brought that up. That's also one of my favorites. And I, and I think it. like the older I get, the more important I realize it is to be well-rounded and in and, and, and all things and I think emotionally too like and I've become really fascinated with the idea that like you know you have to kind of spend time getting to know and understand like all of the emotions that you're capable of um, and you know not to push away those things and, and to kind of live in them for a little bit when they come because uh, then I think that's how you learn about yourself and, and certainly you know we're here to have the full human experience and and you know the all everything is a part of it you know we commit to it all every day i think when we get up so um yeah that speech obviously you know one of one of the greatest and and he he was one of the more, more moving figures you know to face a disease like that and you know to choose to inspire people um yeah i love that that's a full mm -hmm. day yeah it is a full day really really great speech um so with that being said that is our jar of flies uh, 30th anniversary recap to talk about. So hell yeah. Hope it was good. Um, last one we had to do is going to be talk about the songs of the week, some things that we, we think you should listen to. And I'm going to keep it simple and, and say, don't follow because that's what we're talking to. That's what we're listening to. And, um, yeah, you really should go listen to that song. That's fantastic. I am going to choose whale and wasp. Perfect. So that's so pretty you, much all that needs to be said. Yep, you tell us if you're the whale or the wasp. Yeah, that's your homework this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for sticking to the end. Please consider supporting via Patreon. If not, keep listening, keep sharing, and we will talk to you guys next week. Right on. Thanks for your time, everyone. Take care. Rock and roll. And at the end of the day, what are you going to do? <laughs> Stay heavy. Stay that's heavy. A, stay heavy guys all right Peace. Peace. see you